Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Okay, I guess I don't know where to begin. We've been on sort of a hiatus. You may not have noticed if you're not listening to this in real time. Or, perhaps, you eagerly wait for new episodes to come out and you have noticed. We had a summer. I made a film. We traveled a bunch. In fact, we went to Kentucky. To the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. But that's a tale for another day. I want to talk about something I did this summer. I went camping. Now, camping, for me, is actively choosing not to sleep while being outside for a whole night. But there is a reward. It's a return to the ancient powers of a campfire. Hot dogs, lake swims, and talking about ghosts. And of course, passing a brown bottle around. Something else happened to me this summer. I sort of briefly fell out of love with whiskey. I know. I know. It's hard to say out loud. But here we are, in the honest space. Frankly, I think it was an overconsumption that did it, plainly drinking too much of the good stuff. Between recording these shows, trying new bottles, and the samples we get sent, I was able to drink everything, which made me not want to drink anything. So I let my library dwindle down. I checked out books and never returned them. And then this camping trip came up, and I needed a bottle to pass. I didn't really have any great bottles left, and I wasn't entirely sure I was hanging with a very whiskey-centric group anyway, so I wanted something simple. I grabbed my George Dickel. Let me rephrase that. I grabbed the bottle of George Dickel from my shelf, the same bottle I used for this forthcoming episode. I still had some left, and I figured it'd be an easy sipper out in the woods. So that's what I did, and I headed out to the wild, wild woodlands of Dutchess County. Dickel, yeah. George Dickel, is a also a Tennessee whiskey? Yeah, quit saying it that way. Uh, sorry, George Penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, George Dickel's Tennessee? Yep, Tennessee whiskey. We're starting to veer off the path, aren't we? <clears throat> off the path of righteousness. Yeah, this is our second Tennessee whiskey. The bourbon path of righteousness. My first episode ever was Tennessee whiskey. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jack Daniels like, episode. We're like, hey, let's have Kyle on. He loves bourbon. We'll do Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is so weird. It's like we're really high class book club. Yeah. Bringing Jack. We're like, we're the first book of the week is uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. So as you know by now, today's book club choice is George Dickel. Alec and I are drinking the old number eight. Meanwhile, the rest of the gang, always trying to one-up us, has the bottle and bond. What your dad and, and, and I have as far as the bottle and bond, that's the only thing I can compare to. I like it. But this remember, this is 11 years old. It's also weeded, right? Mm. You guys get yeah, that too? Yeah, select, yes. Charcoal mellowed. What, what's the difference between charcoal mellowed and charcoal... charcoal same, same thing. Different exactly the same, just like... They, yeah, they, they, they claim they charcoal filter it to mellow it out. Got it. 
So they run it over charcoal that's been soaked in bourbon. Timmy, you're, you're telling me that the Dickel Bottle and Bond is a different mash bill than like what Alec is drinking? Yes. He's drinking a sour mash. If, if, if it's the aged 11 year, because yeah. what I know about the Bottle and Bond is that um, it's different every year, right? Oh. And um, like last, the year before, it was a 13 year old and it was a, a rye mash bill. Okay. In that. So um, it's supposed to be like one of their their bottle to be proud of, right? Okay. And, and, and I guess maybe in the, and it probably says on the bottle in the, uh, in the spirit of bottled and bond, right? Or. Yeah. It talks about bonded under law. Yeah. So. Yeah, bond release comes from barrels maturing since fall 2008 with a taste bold and complex, kind of like the people who made it and even says kind of. <laughs> yeah. That's a marketing guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Chris Stapleton famously sang. Used to spend my nights out in a bar room. Liquor was the only love I've known. But you rescued me from reaching for the bottom and brought me back from being too far gone. You're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. What exactly does he mean by Tennessee whiskey? Well, for a deep dive into the facts, check out our Jack Daniels episode. Alec gets into the details, but... My dad has a very simple explanation for it. I think one of the big reasons is because they're in Tennessee. Yeah, that's that's really the only that's basically it. That is it. Because like that's it's just they're trying to make Tennessee a thing instead of like, you know, Kentucky or bourbon, like, Tennessee, we're Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. I mean, that, there's that great that's country it. song. They're they're in every way a, a bourbon. A simple answer for a simple drink. With George Dickel's old number 8 coming in at 80 proof. It's really an easy campfire sipper. Everyone knows that I don't favor the tobacco notes, sometimes found in whiskey. But in this case, likely due to the lower proof, I felt they provided a light buzz on my taste buds that was relaxing, interesting, and easy. Perhaps that's just the way I was feeling while I was sipping it around a campfire with friends. As you know, I think a big part of flavor and taste is the experience that surrounds it. The official tasting statement reads this. A balanced whiskey with aromas of light caramel and wood. A warm vanilla finish with hints of maple and buttered corn. It's got that sweet uh, sweetness to it. It's got a little floralness uh, in, in the flavor. It's not... Do you get the tobacco? Not real heavy, no. 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 Al, you feel like you get it kind of strong? Yeah, it smells like a fresh rolled cigarette. <laughs> it kind of tastes like what... Like fresh tobacco. So I've got so, so something really interesting. The first time I opened my, my, my Dickel bottle and bond, I was actually down in uh, Tennessee. So I, I picked up my Dickel in Dickel land. Um, and Dickel for a nickel? I took Dickel for a nickel. It was a little bit more than that. But it was state minimum. It was, like, it was only like 38 bucks or 42 bucks or I don't know. Yeah. But um, I opened it down in Tennessee. I took one sip and went, I can't drink this anymore. I love it too much. It's going to be gone in two days. Uh-huh. I liked it that much. <laughs> wow. Damn. Um, it is like a brown sugar was, I have not tried it yet today. It was like a brown sugar bomb, but I have another Dickel. That's a sour mash, um, which I believe is probably the same mash bill as Alex's. Now this is a single barrel store pick. It's a nine year aged stage stated. And I get the cigarette. I get the tobacco on that. Yeah, so maybe that's what it is. That's that recipe. Does it say what recipe it is? 
This is classic eight recipe. Recipe eight. This one just says aged nine years, sour mash, chill filtered, smooth sipping. Well, I'm curious what yours tastes like. Yeah. Our classic number eight recipe is aged to perfection and charred white. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Let, let's just clarify one thing really quick. Everything that has a dickle label on it is sour mash. Yes. Got you. Yeah, sour mash doesn't mean much. Is honestly, if you would just say if you didn't make it with sour mash, would be more interesting. That's correct. Except for bottle and bond, right? Yeah, right. Bottle and bond couldn't use sour mash. They can't use sour mash. Why not? Because it has to be like a fresh crop from that season or something, right? No, no. No, sour mash is how they start the fermentation process. It has nothing to do with the crop. Gotcha. Or the barrel or the season. So the mash, the mash bill for all you who are keeping score for all Dickles, George Dickel, Dickel number eight, and Dick, uh, George Dickel barrel select is 84 corn, eight rye, and eight barley. All of wow. every Dickel is? Uh, every Dickel. So except, that's so funny. Except for the bottle, except for, and I don't have the mash bill of when they add the wheat. It, do, it does not share that with me. So it's it's obviously uh, meant to compete with or add to the Jack Daniels world, right? Because recipe number eight, who else does that but Jack Daniels? Recipe old recipe number seven. Seven, yeah. Oftentimes we've talked about like bottle, like oh they source that from uh, Kentucky or Indiana, and occasionally Tennessee. And you guys say, oh that must be from Dickel, right? Is that right? Yeah, what does Dickel- that mean? Very big distillery. Well, so they're, they're bottling for other people. Well, they're selling off old barrels. Gotcha. Do we know any of the others that are, are from Dickel? Anything that we, that's from Dickel? Uh, uh, we had something not too long ago that said Indiana and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was a mm-hmm. blend of Dickel and... And uh, uh, Barrelcraft, when they have when they say Tennessee... Barrelcraft. I believe it's Barrelcraft. I, you're, but there was somebody else too, Craig. It wasn't barrel craft. I think it was somebody else that we were having that we. You're, no, you're right. It was there was something that was Indiana, Indiana slash Tennessee, not too long. Yeah. One that's selling for a lot of money. That is pretty well. I, I don't know if it's public knowledge that it's Dickel, but everyone thinks it's Dickel. Is um, Sweeten's Cove. It's like the it's uh, Peyton Manning's whiskey, and oh. they're trying to like bill it like it's Pappy Van Winkle, like it. They're really, I mean, I think the MSRP is like 300 bucks a bottle or something like they, and they literally are quoted in articles of saying they want to be the Pappy of Tennessee. (laughs) Um, I think that's, that's all Dickel. It's just not. I think I know, I think, I think I know what your dad, which one your dad's talking about. I know he's out of picture. Hopefully he can hear us. I think smoke wagon, when we talked about the smoke wagon. Oh yeah. hmm, Right. I think it was, some of it was sourced Indiana and Tennessee. Well, it looks like it could uh, smooth Ambler also, and Uncle Nearest also uh, got oh, really? some. Uh, yeah, George Dickel. Three chord. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was just Three looking chord. back at my shelf. You know, it's funny. I actually, when Alec described You're George right. Dickel, I was and I was like, "Oh, that sounds like three chord. I don't want that." So George Dickel's been in the whiskey business since the 1800s. They're a giant facility, and they make a lot of bourbons and whiskeys. These days. Nicole Austin steers the ship over at Cascade Hollow, the home of George Dickel in Tulloma, Tennessee. She's been there since 2015, but I'm very happy to report this badass distiller cut her teeth in New York at Kings County Distillery when she was hired as chief distiller 
at just 27 years old. In fact, alongside the good folks at Copper Sea and New Paltz, she helped found the New York State Distillers Guild, and in turn, helped to form, with six other New York State distillers, the group that established Empire Rye as a New York whiskey style. So this is Tennessee whiskey, yes, but it has a little New York influence. I like this. I like their little saying here they've got going on. What is it? Located in Tullahoma, Tennessee, USA. Come for the moonlight, stay for the whiskey. George would want you to. Is your bottle talking to you there? (laughs) He tells me secrets. Interestingly enough, Tim, the the barrel select bottle. Yeah. Says it was bottled by George Dicklin Company, Norwalk, Connecticut. What in the hell? Hmm. So we have a mystery. So I wonder if they have what. Multiple manufacturing plants. They don't have capacity. Well, I'm wondering if that affects distribution. Yeah. Yeah. Where you bottle it might help you get it distributed differently. Yes. Mine says the exact same thing. It says bottle in Norwalk, Connecticut. And we have very different, very different aged single beer. So maybe they do their hand barrel selects in in Connecticut. Let me get let me get this straight. Timmy's yours is bottled in Illinois. Kyle and Dad, yours is bottled in Connecticut. And Alec, does yours say? Yeah, Tullahoma. It says it was bottled there? Distilled in charcoal mellowed. Yeah, same. I got that too. I don't have a bottling. Well, they're all, the made, same they're all made in Tullahoma. It's a matter where they're bottled because probably there's a tax advantage or a distribution advantage for doing it in a different place. Well, well, maybe yeah. theirs is Wait a minute. and bottled at the same place. And and that's you know because it's the the number eight. Well, guys, listen to this. Produced by Cascade Hollow Distilling Company, Norwalk, Connecticut. Right, but so is, is it in two places? It's produced by them, just, but uh, made the corporate in... corporate headquarters. Huh. Oh, my, okay. <clears throat> my single my single barrel selector hand hand selected barrel whatever they call it on the front. And Craig, tell me if yours says too. It says handcrafted in small batches. One of uh, one of three proof distilled in Cascade Hollow, Tullahoma, Tennessee. But then on the back, same place as yours, says bottled by George Dickel and Company, Norwalk, Connecticut. Correct. So they have a bottling plant there, so it must be close to the glass source, or you know their their glass source or whatever, and they they ship it there. So it might be the same thing with Illinois or whatever else too. So you 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 well, I mean, this is a manufacturing question, but you. If you were to choose, you would say, let's get closer to our glass source is cheaper, more efficient than to bring our glass and bring the whiskey to the glass versus the glass to the whiskey. I, I got to believe there's another advantage, taxes or distribution. Distribution. I think your dad's right on that. As far as like it's easier to spread it out, they're like the East Coast branch and then maybe some sort of Southern branch. Well, or Norwalk, Connecticut is uh, a tax haven, right? So obviously, and non-judgmentally, we're speculating here a little bit. What's really fun about this group is you have Alec and I who are interested in marketing, advertising, and in the food and beverage business particularly. Then you have my dad who is in manufacturing lifelong uh, career in, in, well, not lifelong, you know, career long, uh, 
life, I suppose, in manufacturing, engineering. You have Timmy who puts together businesses, uh, Devin who is in logistics, Kyle in God knows what. I think he's in sales. No one really knows what Kyle does, but he does something. And so we're coming at this from a lot of different angles. So it's really interesting to chat about this stuff from our different points of view, and we love getting into the detailed stuff. But the fact is, we don't fully know all the answers. That's what's fun about this, right? We're speculating. So just want to make sure that that's very, very clear. This is just a speculation, and it comes from a place of, of interest, non-judgmentally. Tax haven is sort of a strong word, but you know what we mean. That said, George Dickel. I was sleeping on George Dickel a little bit, and I enjoyed it while we had this conversation, but I was mostly converted once I took it camping and passed it around with friends. What I found really rewarding about it was the 80 proof, which is very unusual for me. Usually I like a higher proof bourbon, but in the case of a hot summer night, it was nice to not have something on the rocks that was easy and dare I say smooth to drink. And I think everybody on that trip agreed. Multiple people said, oh, what is this? This is a whiskey I actually really like. So from a non-whiskey crowd, I would say that was a huge compliment. What they're doing over there is interesting. They've been making whiskey for a long, long time. But they really brought in an innovator with Miss Austin. And I'm very excited to see how the Somebody who comes from the craft bourbon world is really going to uh, use the muscle and the and the armor and the resources of big liquor. Big, you know, Diageo is is the is the money behind all this. I'm very curious to see someone with that spirit, the spirit of the craft, the spirit of the art, uh, use their resources in interesting ways. So the future is bright. Certainly, certainly. There is a world in which uh, Tennessee whiskey is going to have a moment. And I think it's the rugged integrity and that big bourbon muscle that makes Nicole Austin uh, a name to remember, uh, one to really respect uh, as she puts Tennessee whiskey back on the map. And here I am. I'm excited again about the power of an easy sipper and a happy memory. I think I love whiskey again. I want to give my bunghole real quick because I, yes. I I feel like this is a very interesting bunghole swing. Let's hear it. So I rate the Dickel Bottle and Bond eight bungholes. Wow. 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 But I rate the other Dickel I have like three and a half bungholes. Damn. It's that big of a swing to me. This Bottle and Bond is different than any other Dickel ever had. Which I guess I, I think I've only had two dickles. That guy's well, if, if Jack Daniels I'll, single I'll barrel. And for the single. uniqueness, I give it seven out of ten. I agree with that. Because of that uniqueness and, and that that I appreciate and I enjoy that aftertaste. It's so unique. Swinging the swinging the bung holes for the dickle. I get it. I get it. If Jack Daniels barrel single barrel barrel select is an eight, then. Uh, George Dickel bottled and bond is a seven. Okay. All right. Which is kind of funny because appreciate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's good stuff. It goes, it goes back to what your dad had said before too, though. And we, and we had talked about was, you know, flavor experiences, right. Mm. You know, so he appreciates it, but he doesn't appreciate it the same way that Kyle and I do because he doesn't have, 
that flavor profile. He's never eaten a peach. Mm. And those, my friends, are just the facts. Dad's never going to be able to pull out the stone fruit from any kind of bourbon because he's never eaten or enjoyed a peach. On the flip side, I don't like tobacco. I don't chew. I don't smoke. I don't love the flavor of tobacco and whiskey. But for some reason, I think it works great in George Dickel. It's fall now. It's time for slow sips by the ancient fire. So surround yourself with those you love and winter won't feel so cold. Thanks for listening. I'm Ryan Bayless, and this has been the Bourbon Library. And remember, to drink is to live. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.